Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, send us out as living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Yesterday morning, several members of the chapel and I had the privilege of attending the ordinations of six of the church's newest deacons at St. Andrew's Cathedral in downtown Jackson. One of those deacons being Will Compton, the young man who is called to be curate with the chapel beginning on July 1st. And ordinations, like all sacraments, are powerful moments. For they illustrate how the Holy Spirit is working, both in our lives and in the world. In baptism, the water washes the fear of sin away, and a new brother or sister is welcomed into the family. In marriage, a relationship is blessed, and two more begin a life that is grounded in the unconditional love of God. And in the Eucharist, the bread and the wine shared at this holy table brings together people of all kinds and stripes to be one unified body of Christ, empowered to do God's work in the world. These movements of the Spirit are poetically and dramatically summarized in one of my favorite prayers in the entire prayer book that the bishop prays during the ordination service. It reads, O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were being cast down are being raised up, that things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things are made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every time I hear this prayer, I am struck by those images and those phrases. For the church, at its core, if we are doing what we are supposed to be doing, is about that movement of the Holy Spirit. That prayer speaks with confidence that what was down will be raised up. That what was empty will be reborn that what was broken will be perfected. I pray that all that we do in our own lives and here at the chapel is rooted in that holy reality. And so in the context of that movement, we can read today's gospel from the book of Mark. Jesus says, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so the birds of the air make nests in its shade. Now there is an obvious lesson in this brief but powerful parable that the smallest act, no matter how tiny, could lay the foundation of something great and mighty in the future. 
And this image undoubtedly resonated with the first people who heard St. Mark's Gospel, the outlawed house churches in the city of Rome, especially after they were blamed entirely for the great fire of Rome in the year 64. So the idea that these quivering, huddled masses in danger constantly of being arrested or killed for their faith, that they could be the beginning of a church that changed the world. And while we not, may not be harassed for our faith, we too can be bolstered by this metaphor, that the smallest act or deed, a handshake to a newcomer, that holiest of casseroles, brought to someone who is ill, the handwritten note, that those can be the cornerstone of a new life in faith. And who knows what effect that small act will have on the coming kingdom of God. For that is the Holy Spirit moving. But as the church moves, we must remember what is at the core of that movement. For it is not the church. It is not silly people up front in these silly-looking clothes. It is not any of us. But that movement is ultimately and fundamentally of God. As St. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, we are always confident, for we walk by faith. Not we are always confident because we are awesome. Not we are always confident because look what we just did. But we are always confident because we walk by faith. For God is at the center of the small and large acts that are building up the kingdom of God. And this reality was brought home for me personally this week as I grappled with all the transitions going on here at the chapel, my tenure is still less than a year old, and so my transition is far from over. And on top of that, Gates is no longer with us, and Fielding and Lynn are leaving to on to other opportunities and stages in their life. And this is insane. When I got here, I was over the moon with the amazing team of people that was here. And I told them, please stay for as long as you possibly can. For you are all great and do such great work here. And my plan was to serve with them for a very long time. But nothing makes God laugh more than well-laid plans. And the currents of life and the movements of spirit have led these beloved people, at least vocationally, away from us. And I will miss them deeply. But I also know that we must walk in faith and walk in confidence as the chapel moves forward. Our mustard seed from the Gospel of Mark is not the only natural image in today's lessons. 
The Old Testament speaks poetically as well from an agrarian perspective. The prophet Ezekiel says to us today, I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it in order that it might produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. God is planting in us the foundation of great things. And if we act on them, if we dare to take that first step into the wild and wonderful movement of God, if we walk in faith, who knows where the Spirit will take us? But I do know this, that if we walk in faith, our journey will be successful. If we walk in faith, the journey will be fruitful. If we walk in faith, this journey will be frightening. But if we walk in faith, then our journey will most definitely be with God. So let us begin. Amen.